This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. All right. Uh, it is a, a great uh, project that is done every year by our friend Dave Reebstein, marketing professor here at the Wharton School. It is a look at the best countries around the world, and it is uh, presented in U.S. News and World Report. Uh, they are ranked on a variety of different factors, that data collected and brought forward in these rankings. And the 2023 list is just completed and is out. And Dave joins us right now. Hi, Dave. How are you today? Hi, Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great, Dan. Hi, great to talk with you. Thanks very much for doing this. And uh, we, we, I think it's great to kind of remind people at the outset when we talk about this each year, tell us about the, the factors that you include in making these rankings for our, each of these countries. Sure. I can give you the detailed version. Let me try and give you a brief version of that. But let's start with, this is the eighth year that we've done this best countries ranking. And what it consists of is a survey of 87 countries um, on 73 different dimensions. And so we have perceptions of these 87 different countries on these dimensions. We take these dimensions, we break and we cluster them into, 10 overall factors, and then we weight those factors based on their correlation, and I'll say standardized correlation for those that get into the details on this, to GDP, the gross domestic product, PPP, that is adjusted for that country's purchasing power. And so we end up coming up with an overall ranking that is based on basically the perceptions on 73 different dimensions. And is, so, is that is that is that muddy enough? That that does it. That that takes care of it. So, what ends up being the importance, and what have you heard from some of the countries about the importance of these rankings in terms of uh, their operations and their success? Well, I, I will tell you that many many countries have contacted me and my partners in this, which is the WPP and, and U.S. News and are trying to think about what it is that they could do to try and improve their overall ranking, because this has an impact on tourism, on foreign direct investment, and on foreign trade. And so when I talk about the GDP of a country, those are three major components of the GDP of a country. And these factors are indicative of how much people are willing to visit those countries or how much they're willing to do business with those countries. Uh, Switzerland is the top on this list once again. They were there last year. Uh, as I said, they are again this year. Tell us what, uh, in the mix of their overall operations, has the, them going uh, so right for them now? So I, I will say Switzerland has been a, a perennial in a winner in this particular uh, assessment. Uh, six of the last eight years, Switzerland has been number one. And, uh, and, and basically, it's, a, it's stability. Uh, it's economically stable. They've got great education. And it, you know, it's one of the top countries people say they'd like to live in. They are perceived to be 
number one in being open for business and, and very high in terms of quality of life and entrepreneurship. Um, and so, it, you know, it's, it's just a, a really, really stable and safe country. So if you look at some of these results from a geographical perspective, I'll start here in North America. Both Canada and the U.S. are in the top five. Canada at number two, U.S. at number five. Uh, give us an overview of both of those countries. Okay. So I will say the United States, when we first started doing this, we're, we're number four. Everybody thought, well, hey, this is being sourced by some U.S. guys and um, and, and, you know, WPPs based in, in the U.K. But um, we, we ended up being number four. And then we saw the United States drop to number eight right after the 2016 election and slowly has been coming back. And U.S. is strong in the number of dimensions. It, it seemed very strong in this dimension, this this factor that we call entrepreneurship, which consists of a number of, of factors within that. Uh, very strong in terms of power, very strong in terms of agility. Um, what I will say is the U.S., its weakness seems to be in, in what we call open for business. And that's primarily based on the cost of labor. And people don't want to move their manufacturing obviously, to the United States because the cost of labor is really strong. It's really high, I should say. Um, Canada, on the other hand, has had a really strong rating. Uh, This year, by the way, the United States is number five. Um, Canada is number two. Um, And for totally different reasons than the United States, uh, although they are also uh, perceived as a very agile, very adaptive to what's going on. Um, they're not number one in anything, like the United States was number one in, in three different things, um, but they're high across the board. There's nothing that they're particularly low in, and they are perceived to be a, a great quality of life and also a, a very strong social purpose. So mm-hmm. even though the countries are right next to each other and, and both obviously located here in North America, they are perceived as very, very different. And, uh, and, and what they bring to the table is obviously very different. So I also noticed that both Australia and New Zealand made jumps forward uh, in this year's rankings. Those countries obviously uh, right next to one another. What is it that is going on with those uh, lands right now? Well, indeed, they are seen as, you know, getting stronger and and stronger, very tranquil sort of places to be. And and they are strong and open for business, which was something that I just got down saying the United States is not very strong in. Um, And and also relatively agile, very adaptive to what it is that's going on. So they've sort of bobbed and weaved with the pandemic. And, uh, and haven't had the, the major ups and downs that we've seen in other parts of the world. Uh, Europe, uh, in, in terms of the rankings uh, with the different countries, a wide range of results. Uh, any patterns that you're seeing play out there? Well, what I can tell you is let's start with the U.K. And the, and the U.K., when we first did this in 2016, was ranked uh, number three. And they have steadily been going down. A lot of that has been Brexit. Um, and then, you know, are they going to get 
back in sort of sync with the rest of Europe. Um, obviously, they've had some trouble with some of their leadership. So we see the U.K. has been indeed going down. Um, at the same time, Sweden has been steadily increasing. And Sweden right now is number three. And I should uh, point out, by the way, that the U.K. is now number nine in the ranking. So they've gone from number three and, and a steady course down to number nine. Sweden has been steadily going up. I believe they were number nine when we started, and they're up to number three. So they, they have sort of flip-flopped uh, with the U.K. Um, Germany, when we first did this, Germany was ranked number one. And Germany has, you know, been bouncing up and down. Some of it has been changing leadership. Some of it has been taking in, you know, um, immigration that they had uh, that that was there. Um, they're down right now. And, um, and and actually, as I look at the rankings, Germany comes in at number seven, which is the lowest they've been in the eight years that we've done that. And I'm going to pick one other European country to sort of highlight here, which is France. And and France, which, you know, perennially has been in the top 10 um, and, and and higher in, in many years, um, has been steadily falling. And they're now out of, uh, out of the top 10. And yeah. so um, France ha- has really taken a dive downward. And some of that is just because of all the strife that's been happening in the country um, and, and obviously some, uh, some terrorist acts that have happened there over the years. Lots of discussion around China and its economy right now. Uh, and China came in, I believe, 20th on your list. Uh, give us a, a little bit of the backstory there. So China, there, there's probably no country that uh, there's greater divergence in, in perceptions about China. Um, there are there are some people that totally admire uh, China, uh, some that uh, detest some of the practices of China, and almost universally, there's fear of China. Part of that fear is just because of the power that they have um, and the rise. It's I'm going to be really interested to see what happens in next year's rankings when um, we see some of the uh, of the downturn in uh, in the economy in China and how that affects things that are that are going on. I will tell you that um, there's lots of people that sort of look at China and and say this is is a country that I really fear. Um, And and so, you know, it's one that is sort of got great divergence, as I said, in people's opinions around the world. Uh, Also a lot of discussion around India and the potential it has uh, as a next great economy. In fact, you have it uh, on a a short list of best countries to start a business as the top location right now. Give us the overall view of India at the moment. India is inching up, but I will say it is inching up slowly. Uh, they have they have struggled to sort of really you know get full acceptance around the world because we continue to hear of lots of strife that's going on there. They are you know one of one of the dimensions that is really important in all of this is uh, social purpose, and India is not viewed as very strong in terms of social purpose. 
But, but as you mentioned, boy, what a country to invest in and what a country to believe is going to be a rising star. So lots of people see this as um, this is a country that's a mover. Um, if, if you want to bet on development in any country, you know, India is the one that a lot of people are putting their money behind. Uh, you also have a variety of other uh, categories that you have uh, collected data on uh, in terms of, uh, as I mentioned, the top uh, best four lists. Uh, they, they, what's the, the, the general consensus you have on some of the categories that maybe we don't consider a lot but are very important as you think about the build-out and the growth of, uh, of an economy right now? Well, it's, it's interesting. So one of the things that we can do with the data is rather than take all 73 dimensions and using those for ranking a country, we've, we start breaking it down into uh, what would be the best country to raise children in. And some people might care about that. Or what would be the best country if I'm traveling alone? Um, or what would be the best country for women? And so we could take some of the dimensions, not all of the dimensions, and, and use those solely uh, for coming up for those particular rankings. So um, we could go through any of those. And, and let me just pick one of those for you. I'm, I'm going to look at the one for women. And, um, and for looking at women, it is perceptions about gender equality, perceptions about income equality across gender, uh, mm -hmm. a country that's progressive, one that's safe, and one that cares about human rights. And so if we only pay attention to those uh, five dimensions, we can see a ranking of the various different countries. And, 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 and you know, it would be fun for me to say to you, so what would you guess would be the top country on that? I'm, I'm going to spare you that embarrassment, yeah. but I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you what may be obvious to us. Best country for women are the Nordic countries. So yeah. Sweden comes out number one, Norway number two, Denmark number three. Then we see the Netherlands and Finland. And then, by the way, there's Canada. And, there, and there's where Canada is there, and then Switzerland. And then, by the way, just to round that out, we see New Zealand and Australia. So th this is just an example of how we can take those and create these other categories rather than overall best country yeah. and look at it as it breaks out. So we've got more than a dozen other ways to break out the data. And I'll mention one more, best for green living. And just trying to think about what countries are the best and not yeah. surprising we get some of the same that, uh, that I just mentioned um, are, are perceived to be really strong. But Japan is number two on that, and so obviously one that is different from what we saw in the previous list. With all of those categories in play, I know that you also have to factor in uh, different types of threats that are out there. And obviously with the war in Ukraine, uh, that has been a component that's been in this report now for a couple of years. Uh, tell us about how that has to factor in to a report like this. So uh, one of the questions that we slip in, so, so we take and measure 73 dimensions, but also slip in a few other questions here and there that might be very, very timely. The, the support of Ukraine one has, has been one that we've added. 
Um, and last year, what I saw was, boy, the perception of Ukraine really swung upward. Lots, lots of countries supporting Ukraine, um, many that were very negative about Russia. But what, what right. I observed last year was there was a bifurcation, a real divide around the world. Some countries very supportive of Ukraine, while others were not. And that is of supporting Ukraine, but also perception of Ukraine. And perception of Russia, again, while in the United States it's relatively negative, uh, some parts of the world had a positive feeling. This year, we see some of that weakening support of, of Ukraine. And, and actually, one of the questions that we added this year is, my country should be continuing to support Ukraine. And it continues to be positive, but indeed, we see some of that waning. And so we see, you know, it, it's down slightly overall. There's still a general belief that we ought to be supporting Ukraine. Um, mm -hmm. but, but just as we see in the United States, we see it, it starting to weaken. And, um, and Ukraine's got to hope the war ends soon. Uh, for a variety of reasons, but one of how long can the rest of the world continue to be supporting them? All right. Dave, always great to talk with you. Thanks very much. Great job on this again. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you very much. Have a great day, Dan. You too as well. Dave Reebstein, Wharton Marketing Professor, which, again, by the way, you can find out these rankings on the U.S. News and World Report uh, website uh, and just search for Best Countries 2023. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.